Welcome into Friday's edition of Hot Takes. I'm David Smith alongside Cody Blazak and what a weekend of basketball ahead. And it's pretty simple here. It's Friday. We covered a lot of NBA on Wednesday. It's April Fool's Day as well, but there's no fooling around here. We've got some fun games to dive into, including and especially the Final Four tomorrow evening. Are you excited over there, big guy? Yeah, so I'm 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 nervous, but I am excited. Lot lot on the line right here, but I'm confident in the two teams I need. Cody sits number one in a bracket group of almost 150 people at the moment. Sit number Duke. one by 30 points. He's got a decently comfortable lead. Uh, no, I, that ain't comfortable <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> it's all on Duke for for Cody here. He's got Duke. He had Duke beating Kentucky, I believe, um, in the Final Four. But now, correct. Of course, of course, UNC is here now. But three out of the four Final Four teams correct. It's not too shabby at all. It's a lot better than my bracket, that's for sure. Uh, we did. We tried to do the math the other day, and I don't know if we did it right. But I believe if Duke and Kansas win, I believe I win the bracket. I think if if we did. The math correct. If Kansas loses, though, and Duke wins, Duke has to win the championship. Either way, if I can get Duke to win the championship and Kansas to advance, I win the 150-point tournament, or the 150-people tournament. 150-people group for the bracket. I believe also if, if it's North Carolina and Kansas... In the title game, maybe. Then, if, if it's if, North Carolina and Kansas in the title game, I believe if UNC wins, then you should still win. I, think. I believe so. I haven't thought about that angle though. There's, there's now, if Nova of, wins at all, I don't win. That's true. Because I believe the guy in, it was either second or third place says Nova winning at all. I believe he's in second right now. He's he's the one right behind you. So it, he, it's going to be interesting. He's got Villanova and North Carolina in the title game. and Who would have thought someone would pick that? But, hey, props to him. Props, that's, that's crazy, and it's very possible. Both those teams are underdogs in these two games. And let's go ahead and get into them. Starting first at 5.09 p.m. Central Time on Saturday evening, tomorrow evening. Just about 24 hours from now, a little less 24 hours from now. Kansas, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Over Jay Wright and the Villanova Wildcats. We talked about this before earlier in the week. I'm all over Villanova here. I, I don't think Kansas has played a test this tournament. Their toughest test was Providence, and we've, we've called them frauds all year long, and Providence still pushed Kansas to the wire. Kansas, I mean, they, they, they played a 16 seed, a 9 seed, a 4 seed in Providence. That was the toughest test. And they played a 10 seed in the Elite Eight. They had the easiest path to get here. It gets so much tougher now. Obviously, Villanova going to be without Justin Moore, who tore his Achilles at the end of the last game. Um, a huge loss for the Wildcats, but I still think they recover and they get through this here. They love controlling the pace of play, which is why they, they run a small rotation, because they're able to control the pace of play. They're able to, to limit the number of possessions for both teams. They rank at the bottom 15, bottom 20% of Division One teams in possessions per game. But they're in the top 15, top 20% in points per possession. 
That's the beauty of offensive efficiency. They just held a Houston team that's playing the, that was playing the best basketball of the year, which feels like they always do come March, to 44 points in the Elite Eight. Villanova, they've, they've got the defense to do it. My only concern with them is if, if it turns into a high-scoring game, I think it definitely goes in Kansas's favor. I just don't see that happening, though. I think, I think Villanova controls the defensive pace of play. I like them to come out on top. The, the more I look into this game, <clears throat> the more I convince myself of Kansas winning. And, and Villanova's a great team and all, but rebounding, I think, could be a very big key in this game. And Villanova is – they've got a lot of tall players, but I don't want to – I don't consider them the most physical players. And I look at Kansas, and they match Villanova's height, but I feel like they're just so much bigger – I don't want to necessarily say athletic, but more built. And I feel like re- rebounding might play a very big key in this game. I, if Kansas is going to win this, I think they might have a plus 10 rebounding margin. That's true. I mean, they've, they've, they've got some big bodies inside. I think Jermaine Samuels is going to really cause difficulty for Kansas down low. I like him to really dominate the boards. He had a double-double against Houston, and I think he, he gets another one of those now um I think it's up to Jay Wright here whether or not he wants to choose to commit the offensive border boards or not because you, you know you can't you can't give Kansas I mean, you can't give Villanova extra possessions that's that's really where they will beat you because they don't get a lot of possessions as is and if you if you can give them extra possessions if, if Samuels can create some extra possessions then Villanova's sitting really pretty here, but if you do, if you choose to crash the boards, Kansas loves to get out and run a transition. And obviously, Villanova's a great defensive transition team, but Villanova really hasn't played anyone like Kansas to this point yet. Obviously, their road was a little tougher. They played Delaware first round, then faced off against Ohio State. Then they faced off against a red-hot Michigan team um, who Michigan felt they were under-seeded. I think they were properly seeded, though they were an 11 seed. Then they had five-seed Houston, who was just playing out of their mind. Um to get to the final four. So this is by far the toughest test for both these two teams, the way the final four should be. It's really going to be a really, really fun one. I'm not sure. One of the concerns is I don't know how Villanova is going to stop Ochiabachi. That's, that's something that I'm concerned with because the kid can score from anywhere. I mean, if he wants to go to the rim, he can go to the rim. If he wants to shoot a mid-range jumper, he's going to shoot a mid-range jumper. And he's shooting almost 40% from three. I mean, this is a guy, if you leave open, he is going to make you pay. And I feel like he's the same as Colin Gillespie in a sense. If you leave Colin Gillespie open, he's going to make you pay. The difference is I feel like Ochiabachi is so much more athletic and he's more he's the more of a presence. He has more of a presence on the offensive and the defensive end. At the end of the day, I just don't know how Villanova is going to stop him. I mean, there are a lot of things. There are there's so many aspects of this game that are going to play into who wins. And I just I feel like this might be one of the toughest Final Fours we've seen in a very long time. Yeah, these games are really tough to pick. And, and Ochi Abaji is, is 
an incredible athlete. He has a lot, a lot more athletic than Colin Gillespie, and obviously Gillespie's health is a little bit in question right now. I think he'll be um, fine come tomorrow evening, but will he be 100%? If, not sure. If, if Colin Gillespie is not 100% and you can tell he's not 100%, I don't think Nova's going to stand that big of a chance. If, if if you see him struggling early on, like he did against, was it Houston? I, I think Kansas is going to jump on him. I think they're going to go straight at him, put him in a position where he's very uncomfortable, which which is what you should do. Yeah, it but, is. I hope he's fully healthy, though, because he's, he's definitely earned that. He He's... Obviously missing last year's tournament, and Villanova did not do well without him. Um, and that you're already down Justin Moore if you're Villanova. If Gillespie's not 100%, I agree, they're in trouble. I, I think that I think that he will be 100%. And if he's not 100%, he'll be so hyped up on adrenaline, he won't feel the pain. Cause, well, they'll be shooting all kinds of things into him, too. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be feeling just the, fine. The, I think. Thing, the thing for me for this Villanova squad, though, with Justin Moore's injury, that's 15 points a game that you're taking away. If you look at it from a statistical view, where are you going to make up that 15 points? That that's that's a worry for me. I mean, I just don't know where you look at when you have a guy to shoot, scoring 15 points a game on average. I don't I don't know where you're going to make those points up from. I think you're going to see more of an emphasis of getting the ball down low to Jermaine Samuels. Um I feel like you know Villanova. Obviously, the, they they get him the ball, but I think they, they're going to get him the ball more. Uh, I don't think anyone on Kansas can necessarily guard him extremely well. McCormick's probably their best shot at it. Uh, maybe Mitch Lightfoot, but I think Mitch Lightfoot couldn't really handle down in the post um, <clears throat> because he's a he's a big time scorer. He's a big time post player. You get him the ball, typically good things happen. So I think they're going to get him more shots. Obviously, I think you'll see Gillespie take a couple more shots. Justin Moore not there, but I think you've got to feed Samuels. And you've got to just let him let him work. You know, you're going to see Villanova. There's a lot of one on one in the post. I think he's going to, he he could draw a lot of fouls. And we've talked about it before, where if Kansas gets in the foul trouble, that's a that's a bad look because Villanova shoots the free throw better than way, way anyone, too good, better than anyone has in history. So it's I think that's that's a recipe for success there. If you can. Force Kansas to throw a double. I mean, if they throw a double at him, he's a good post passer as well. He will find the open man. So I think you've got to try to put him one on. If you're Kansas, you've got to try to defend him one on one. And if he scores on you, great. Like that. That's that's just something you're going to have to live with. You can't foul him though, because he will he will get at ones and he will convert them. You, you've got to be able to just kind of let him do him. If you can stop everybody else, I like Kansas's chance, but. I think Villanova's definitely got to put an emphasis on getting him the ball a little more than they have all year long. It's going to be a thriller. I feel like both these games can come down to the wire and really be just a satisfying night to watch. I've got Kansas in this one. I think in the end, Kansas is the better team. They don't have the injury issue that Villanova does. I think Kansas walks away with it. I've got Villanova moving on to the title game, of course. And let's go ahead and dive into the other games. This one's the the fun one here. The first time ever meeting in the NCAA tournament. Tip That's off. crazy to me. It is crazy. How many times they've both been there and both made it so deep and they've never faced off against each other. The championships combined and everything. I mean, 
that's amazing. We're witnessing history, and we are on like twenty two years old. We witnessed a lot of history this year. A lot of. It's even crazier to think that Coach K has been coaching at the same school for double our lifetime, almost. Uh, uh, it's insane. It is. No, it is. And it's all going to come to an end Saturday night. No, it is not. <laughs> not a chance. We're going to see. We're going to live to see him coach one more game. After this game, of course. The storybook ending ends in the just the most UNC Duke way possible. By I, Coach K taking advantage of what they don't. There, there's no real exploitation that you can beat this Tar Heels team at. There's no real weak spot they have. Obviously, Duke is extremely athletic, and they're going to score a lot of points. But Duke's not going to be able to stop UNC. Either you're going to see a high-scoring shootout in this game. This game will be close. I think you're going to see a high high defensive presence from Duke. I think that's how you stop them, and I think that's what they're going to do. That zone that Duke has been playing recently, which when I saw that, I was like, what in the world is happening? I, I'm not sure... Teams are going to know what to do against that. I think you. I think UNC knows exactly what to do. They can stay shoot the three ball very well, and that's that's where that's where you beat the zone is you take threes from the wing. You get that little the the wing connecting. Yeah, with but the corner. this 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 Duke zone defense is so athletic. You it you is. go back and watch tape. Yeah, you get open looks, but they close in on the offense so quick. This zone is. I mean, we always talked about Jim Beheim's zone. The zone that I've seen in the little time in this tournament, I think, is better than Jim Beheim's zone. I hope Heber Davis is listening to this because I'm going to tell you exactly how you beat this Duke zone. Here's what you do. Why you, don't you, you just you, coach North Carolina? That's what tonight, I'm saying, right? Tomorrow night, you've got Caleb Love bringing the ball up the floor. You've got our. You bring it up to the right wing. You pass the ball to Armando Baycott at the high post. Armando Baycott looks at the basket. If it's there, he takes it because, you know, he's he's that kind of guy. Double-double machine. Most double-double since Tim Duncan in the ACC. And then he pump fakes to the corner and then hits Manic on the wing. And Manic drains the three. That's simple. They're not going to be able to recover fast enough to both of them. You know what I fear in this game? You have all these big-time players in this game. And, I, I mean, you have a lot of big-time players in this game. Oh, Paulo Bancaro... Um, Wendell Moore, Mark Williams, Trevor Keels, David just flipped his hat, A.J. Griffin, and then for North Carolina, Baycott, uh, Manic, um, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, I have a very bad feeling that one of those players is going to get hurt in the first five minutes of the game, and that's going to be the game changer. Why would, you, I, I, why would you say something like that? I, in big time games like this, stuff like that happens. I, I mean, you, you you had it in, you had it happen late in the Houston Villanova game, which is affecting this game. I think something's going to happen. Obviously, I don't want something to happen. I mean, all of those players are incredible, but I just I have a very bad feeling about it. I hope not to see any of that happen. I don't know. On I hope, either side. I, I hope yeah. n- not none of that happens. I hope we get a good 40 minutes. I hope we might even get 60 minutes. But four overtimes? 
you tell me that isn't a Duke North Carolina thing that would happen in a position like this? No, it definitely would. It, it's this has all the makings to be one of the best tournament games in history. I mean, it is Duke and UNC. There, there in are the so Final many Four. ways. There are so many ways this game could go down. Blowout on either side, buzzer beaters and overtime regulation, uh, bad calls in the last couple minutes, a like like a. a a 10-0 run when a team's down by eight in the last two minutes. I mean, I think we're going to see madness come this game. That's one thing that scares me about this game is that you've got two incredibly high-scoring teams, two incredible offenses, two above-average defenses, and the beauty of March Madness is that if you have one bad night, your season is over. If it were to be a blowout, it's not going to come off of one team playing incredible defense. That's just not the way this game is going to work. It's going to come off one team just missing wide open shots, and it literally could happen either direction. Because both these teams have proven they can make contested shots. They can make big-time plays. They can get after the ball. They 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 both play fantastic on the offensive side of the ball. And simply put, it's a basketball game. You could have wide open looks just not fall. I want to see wide open looks falling on both sides. I want the most competitive game possible. But I, I really do think that UNC has an edge here. Well, uh, on paper, th- these teams, I didn't realize this until oh, just now. Their their statistics are very, very similar. Duke averages 80 points a game. North Carolina is 78. Duke allows 60, 69.8 points a game. North Carolina lost 66. If they play like their averages show, you're going to see a three-point game most of the game on either side. I mean, they both shoot 45% and above. They both average 38 rebounds or more, 15 assists or more, four blocks or more. I mean, you're going to see a competitive game. And... You know what I think we're going to see? You haven't seen a lot of like like typical Coach K emotion on the sideline where he's yelling at his players to get going. You've seen him like joking around, smiling, and being happy and everything. I think this is the game where you see Coach K, you see steam coming out of his ears and something's going to turn these players around. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's you've definitely seen more emotion out of him than we've seen in 40 years. You know, I... <laughs> I think I think Coach K has honestly just been preparing himself for when he loses. Because you see him at the end of each game in the interview and he's tearing up and is like, these players are great, this, that, and the other. I think he's preparing for when he loses. So he's not just absolutely stunned. He's taking each win with a, with grain a huge of grain of salt. Yeah, yes. I mean, he's just... A huge grain of salt. It's a massive grain of salt. And it is just, it's, he's taking them like he, because he knows the, any one of these games could be his last one. And he knows everything he's done. He knows how long he's been there. And it has been Duke, Duke, Duke for so long. And it's going to be Duke one last time come Monday against Kansas. I wouldn't hate it. There's a part of me that, even if I, I don't know if I would be saying this, but I hope I would be saying this. If I didn't pick Duke to win it all, I, I just want to see how Coach K reacts if his last game is a championship that he wins. 
Like I, I, I want to see the emotion. I want, I want to see it all. I would love, I would love to see it as well. And look, I'm picking UNC to beat Duke here. If Duke wins this game and Villanova beats Kansas, I'll be picking Villanova to beat Duke. You but, just have no confidence in Duke, do you? I'm not not their not their biggest fan. Um, but, however, if Duke cuts down the nets, I will happily sit back in my recliner and watch the beautiful documentary being put together because it's going to be insane. It's going to be insane if they lose this game on Saturday. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it a little bit more if UNC beats them, though. Um, I want to see how the how the script writers flip that one. See if the I wonder if the NCAA is in on this documentary. You know, they get a little cut from the shares. Um, maybe the referees. Slide a little calls, Duke's way. There was I saw something the other day, where they I think they had already made Duke championship shirts, and I'm like I did not need to see that because if the NCAA is in on this to get Coach K a championship in his last season, I am going to be crushed. Like, I will lose faith in all sports if that happens. <laughs> I will be ap- Would that Would you not be aggravated if they pulled some stunt like that? No, but I mean you gotta you gotta think about this. I'm sure they have championship shirts for all four teams already. I no, mean, they don't make them until after the final four. They have they have like ch- going to the championship. So shirts are made like the day or two before the game. So like you know in like football, the national championship, you have so long to make the shirts and everything. You know one of those two teams are gonna win. They wait until after the final four to start making those shirts so they don't waste them. So, like, right now they have shirts that say Duke is going to the championship, North Carolina is going to the championship, Villanova, Kansas, so on. When whoever wins the Duke-North Carolina game, or who who plays first? Kansas-Nova. Whoever wins that game, they'll start making those shirts, like, immediately afterwards that says Kansas champions or Nova champions, whoever wins that game. And, I mean, they already have the graphics and the designs and everything. They just got to print them out. It ain't a hard process. That's true. And I'm sure they've got somewhere in New Orleans that is already ready to do this to start pressing the shirts. Oh yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm sure there definitely is, and it's 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 going to be. I I guess I want to. Oh, I'll be buying some merch if it's Duke. Oh, I know you will. Um, and you've got to imagine you're not the only one. There's going to be thousands upon thousands, if not millions, of people. Maybe a million buy a, buy a Duke Let's shirt. Let's call it hundreds of thousands. All right, well, we'll call it that. And because it's how big of a magnitude this is. So I don't... I, I just I don't think people realize how big this actually is. Like, the I would call it the greatest college basketball coach in history. Is that fair? I'd say that's fair. I, this is a historic ending. Or it could be a very historic ending. Actually, it's going to be historic either way. You lose in the national championship, you win the national championship, or you lose to your rival in the final four. So it's going to be historic either way. That would be. I mean, you can't deny how in like it would. It's the the most UNC Duke thing ever to have UNC ending Coach K's career. Yeah, but it it, it it's also the biggest Duke thing for Coach K to continue his career to the biggest game of his life and the last game of his life against his rival. Either way, it's the biggest thing for either team. It would make this so much better if it were the championship game. Oh, oh it would. Oh, my gosh. It should, they, should, they should rearrange this real quick and be like, 
Just say, hey, so all right, Kansas, you're going to play UNC no, here. No, 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 no. They need to tell Kansas and Nova be like, y'all's is a consolation third and fourth place game. This is the actual championship. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know about all that, but... I'd be happy with it. Nah, man. Let's go Wildcats, right? You realize even if you had, like, Duke playing Nova and Kansas playing UNC that... One of those teams could lose, and they wouldn't be in the championship, right? Yeah, but you know they would. They would. They would make sure they won. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. The NCAA gonna <laughs> throw some money at the refs. Say, oh my gosh, can you imagine the ratings on a Duke UNC championship uh, game? Can you imagine the ratings on this game? Yeah, it's gonna be insane. Can you imagine the, uh, the? I bet you the ratings for the championship game are gonna be out of the walls too because of Coach K if he makes it. So the NCAA is gonna make sure Duke wins this game. <laughs> Boy, do I hope so. <laughs> You're going to see Ben Carroll's coming down the floor, down one, and he's, he's shooting the ball from 28 feet away, and it looks way off, and so all of a sudden the basketball just kind of curves back in the net. Someone on the side, like with an RC remote, just controlling the basketball to make sure it goes in. I've always, <laughs> I've always heard stuff about that, but I was like, there's no way. I, I mean, just, just imagine the championship, though. Can you imagine how many former Duke players are going to be there? In like, just celebrities and athletes in general i mean i'm sure they're all gonna come out saturday night oh yeah well i know you're not a big country guy but jason aldean you know who jason aldean is right he had uh i think he had two concerts saturday and monday canceled them and refunded them because he's like i'm going to the final four and my mom told me this and was like it's kind of messed up and i was like oh i would do it if i were him oh yeah Give them money back. I'll come play there another time. I'm going to this Final Four. This is historic. And if I was making millions of dollars like him, I'd have no issue throwing $10,000 out the wall to sit in the first couple of rows to watch these games. It's definitely going to be one to be at. Let's go really quickly here. First, Kansas Villanova X-Factors. I think very simple. My Actually X-fa- a bocce. Yeah. I think my X-Factor here is going to be Jermaine Samuel. Um I take that back. Remy Martin. Remy Martin is currently the favorite to win tournament MVP. I mean, actually, Bocci's been playing well past couple games, but Remy Martin just turned it on. I mean, he's coming off the bench, but, like, he's playing starter minutes, and he's putting up starter numbers. He really – I mean, he's he's what's taken this Kansas team to another level. He's what's led them here. He won the best best player in the region – he, he's absolutely he's played incredible basketball and he looked really good at Arizona State and just hadn't fit in at Kansas yet and I think he's finally found his stretch you know, towards the final stretch of this season and into the tournament because he's playing some outstanding basketball and now UNC and Duke who's your X factor in this game I, I gotta take the leader Paula Bancaro actually no I'm not gonna take him Coach K. Coach K is my X Factor. Coach K is my. If it comes down. Oh my God, you know what I want now that I'm thinking about it? I want to see a Christian Leitner ending some crazy play like that to this game for Duke. And the sad part is, is they have no player that could pull that off. But I don't think Bancaro. I mean, Bancaro's a great player and all, but. I don't know. I, if I'm going to take a player, Paulo Bancaro, I mean, the leader of this team. 
all the hype going on to the season, him taking them this far, I think I think he's going to be the guy. My expect for this game Brady will be Manic. Armando Bacot. Ah. Is that double-double presence down low? He's created so many extra possessions for them. When that game against Baylor got to overtime, everybody else, I mean, Caleb Love had fouled out. Brady Manick had gotten thrown out of the game. And you've got R.J. Davis, who went for 30 against Baylor, and Armando Baycott in overtime. And that's what you got. And Armando Baycott got a few, I mean, all the momentum was on Baylor's side. Baycott forced extra possessions. He got the line. He converted free throws. Not a great free throw shooter, but he made him when it mattered most. And I think he does the same thing here against Duke. I like him to go for 20 and 15 in this game. Wow. I, I think Mancaro is going to put up 22 in that area. It's but gonna Duke be, wins. It's going to be so fun. And we'll be back Monday to recap it and preview the national championship game. Smith, for Cody Blazak, this has been Hot Takes.